Hey guys, so you are about to listen to our final episode on our happiness challenge and our upcoming programming challenge. Now, before we get into the episode, I realized that I failed to do some really important shout outs. So I wanted to take the time before we dive in to make sure to shout out two people who took the time to not only listen to our episode, I mean, that's that's shout out enough for you to reach out and, and tell us that you gave us a listen. Uh, we're, we're always grateful for that. But also took the time to just share some thoughts and come alongside um, us in the episode. So the first one is my Nana, Betty. She, again, not only took the time to listen to the episode, I'm sure she's got plenty of other better things to to spend her time um, doing, but also took the time to write out a full scale long email of some of the different things that she's done um, in order to continue to to maintain that happiness, pursue happiness. Um, it, and she's got some wisdom, y'all. This is this is my grandmother. And if you can live such a long, full life and continue to find things to be happy and, and grateful for. Um, I think that's really noteworthy. And, and what's really cool is there, there are several things that she talked about that um, they do align with some of the, the things that Andrew and I found to really be meaningful and valuable. And so a lot of it is focused on relationships. A lot of it is, is focused on um, really just some of the simple things. And I think that's important too, because in many ways, uh, happiness may seem like this thing that's difficult or expensive to achieve. And the reality is that it's, it's just not, um, it's, it's something that a little bit of exercise, a little bit of, um, quality time, cookies fresh from the oven, crackle of logs in the fireplace, sun coming through the window in the morning. Um, these are things that are, are worth pursuing. So first I got to give her a shout out. And second, we got to give a shout out to who is somebody that's probably, I guess, our maybe our first international listener. If if you are an international listener and you've been with us for a while, then uh, please correct me, and, and we'll we'll uh, square things up in the next episode. But we heard from Erin in Finland, um, and she listen to the episode and and she's getting the chance obviously to experience some of that Finnish and, and Nordic concepts for herself. Um, so we're really appreciative of Aaron just taking the time to, to listen, taking the time to think a little bit about happiness. And we're also really jealous that you're getting to experience those things firsthand. Um, so thank you, Aaron. Really appreciate you, you reaching out. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Dead by Tomorrow podcast. My name is Daniel Winter, and my co-host is Andrew Monroe. In each episode, Andrew and I will explore topics that you should think about before you die. We encourage you to remember that some tomorrow will be your last, so each day could be your final chance to really live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a hot minute since we had an episode for you. This might have been one of our longer breaks, so our apologies for that, but that just means this one is worth the wait. So we're going to be talking about a recap on our first challenge we did at the beginning of January. And then we'll be jumping into challenge number two, which we'll give you a little hint here. It's going to be about programming. So welcome back, Daniel. 
you finish the month strong, finish the challenge strong, having a good day, all that jazz? Yeah, I'm I'm having a pretty good day myself. So today was uh, one of those, it was a good day because stressful situations went well in my personal life. I had two large, important presentations to do one this morning, one this afternoon. So it wasn't even like a, you know, get it all out of the way in the morning. The rest of the day is good. It was like a be really focused in the morning, then kind of like be on edge and then be focused in the afternoon. But they both went really well. Um, felt really good about both of them, got good feedback. So that makes for a good day. Uh, obviously, you know, if you see the date as far as when this episode is recorded or February 24th right now, a little stressful day as far as the world goes and worldwide politics. So I'm, I'm hoping and, and praying for some better days ahead of us and definitely for Ukraine. So it's kind of a weird, weird balance where pretty good day as far as things go here. Pretty slow day. It was a snow day, but then a lot of things happening on the other side of the world. That is a juxtaposition for sure. Uh, and, and we'll see what unfolds. Hopefully this all blows over. Well, <laughs> saying all that on a, we, we can call it, I guess, a happier note. Uh, let's talk about the happiness challenge. We just wrapped up, I guess, a few days ago, a week ago, our 30-day challenge on happiness. Uh, personally, I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it went pretty well. Um, man, it's it's weird to talk about whenever you have kind of what feels like global issues out there. But I guess it's just how you go. You got to go about your day. So what did you find out about yourself with the happiness challenge? How did it wrap up for you? And then I'll try and give my little rundown if you don't say anything too interesting that I have to jump in on. <laughs> Sounds good. So I feel like there were some things that if we kind of roll back to what we intended to do at the start of the challenge and some of the things that we wanted to focus on, I, I think there were some things that worked well. If I just kind of look at it and sort of recap I, what I was aiming to do was spend at least 30 minutes outdoors each day. I wanted to to dive into uh, prayer or scripture um, on a daily basis, um, was trying to incorporate uh, something related to Huga on a, a daily basis. And we explained what that, uh, what that concept is in earlier episodes, but basically it's, uh, I'm going to just say it's the science of comfy living according to the, the Nordic culture. Um, and then just taking time at the end of each day to cover or to, to think about something that I'm grateful for, like this idea of grab gratitude. Um, so as I look back, kind of day over day getting outside started strong and then became a little bit hit or miss and anybody in the texas area probably understands why we would have day had days over the past month that were 70 degrees sunny beautiful day outside like it'd be a crime if you weren't outside for at least 30 minutes on that day and then we've had other days like today for example where it's 20 degrees outside and so there's definitely a correlation with the the cold in getting outside or not getting outside um but i i wouldn't say that it had 
as big of an impact on on the happiness. There was certainly some impact, but um, it wasn't, you know, a, a correlation to where um, on the nose they were on average, you know, a point lower or anything like that um, than the days where I was able to get outside. And then as far as um, getting into the Bible and praying, that was something that was was pretty pretty consistent. There were a few days that were missed, but that was one that, um, again, there, there was a fair amount of consistency there. And again, I, I don't know, since, since it happened so frequently, it's a little bit harder to say on the data side of things, what that impact was, but I just know as far as the, the qualitative, how I felt that certainly made a difference. And some of the some of the ways that, um, you know, a day would look different is if I would take the time at the end of the day to, um, maybe pray before I just fell asleep or, or read uh, a chapter in the Bible or something like that. Um, those tended to be days that I felt a little bit more centered. Um, and then going into Huga, So that was one that again, started, started pretty strong. As I look back, um, I, I bought a bunch of unscented candles. Actually, I was burning one today. So there, there were some things that I kind of continued to adopt, um, wearing, you know, nice, warm house shoes. But uh, I think a lot of where there was some crossover with the the Huga practices in the gratitude journal was centered around um, relationships and, and spending time with people. And I know that was something we talked about in our check-in episode was how that seemed across both of our logs to be one of the bigger factors that influenced if a day had a higher happiness score or a lower happiness score. If there was an opportunity to spend time um, doing something with other people. And I definitely found that to be true. Um, if I look back at you know some of my days that were 10 or above on our scale of one to 13, because, you know, 13 is, I guess, a, a great number. <laughs> but still, still know the, the rationale there, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole thing so, about it. I won't go into it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You love the number 13. We'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's scientific, sir. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> But some of the days that were 10 or above, if I go back and look at the gratitude journal, it's it's typically there's some relational aspects. So the last day of the challenge, uh, that was a 10 day. And I spent, uh, gosh, probably in two hours just going through watching YouTube music videos with Brett and Michael. And we were kind of uh, trying to think back to some of our favorite bands and music in high school and college and it was just a good bonding moment there was a 11 day where we got to go see a nate bergatsky um show with some of our friends from small group there was a another 10 day where hillary and i got to go to a mavs game and uh kind of like a little happy hour before that um another 10 day where the highlight was kind of getting to walk down in the snow to our friend Rhett angela's house and and have uh dinner another 10 day that was uh, going to our prayer house in South Dallas and, and volunteering and, and meeting a bunch of new kids there. So really, I, I don't know if there's a single one. I'm, I'm trying to look. 
yeah, there's not a single one that didn't have some relationship aspect to it. So I think that really is is probably my biggest takeaway. Absolutely. So that's a full rundown recap on my my log. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear, you know, as you kind of think about some of the the things that you identified, what was your consistently consistency like? And did you notice um, that there tended to be any particular impact if you stuck with something versus when you didn't? Hmm. On the consistency side, ooh, that's tough. Um, it really, stealing from what you said, for me, the relationships really were a big part of it. It was almost every high-scoring day I had in my gratitude something with a relationship. Um, or, I, and I didn't have this, I didn't think to put this in this log, but uh, most of the things I learned, uh, if it was an interesting day, so it might not have, the gratitude journal might have been something like, uh, you know, I'm looking at day 22 or whatever it was, uh, Apex dropped, the new season of Apex. So that made it on my gratitude journal because I was really excited about it. But that wasn't actually what I was excited about. I wasn't transparent enough. At, you know, I it was because I get to play Apex with my friends. Uh, same thing with some of the interesting day stuff. A lot of the things that I learned that really stuck with me were the things that somebody else taught me. Uh, if I if I learned it on my own, they usually those NA days that I had, the days that I was like, I didn't learn or do anything interesting. I probably did learn something or I probably did do something interesting, but they just didn't stick in my head. And so the days that really stuck out as good days were the ones that had relationships uh, as a part of that factor. And it's, you know, it's hard not to, honestly. Uh, there's not a lot of days where I'm not going to see people, but the days where I don't treat those relationships correctly, those are the days where, that were kind of lower on the point scale. Um so that was interesting. Uh, I Another thing that was consistently inconsistent was my outdoor time. Uh, you nailed it on the head with the Texas weather. Uh, <laughs> there's like four snow days that I was thankful for in the gratitude journal, but I definitely didn't go outside much on those days because on, you know, two days on either side of a snow day is just blisteringly cold wind and it's just rough. But near the end of the... Uh, challenge I was in New Orleans so that last three or four days I was in New Orleans <clears throat> and it was awesome getting to walk around outside and see new stuff and kind of actually be out there unlike what I'd been doing in Amarillo like my my outdoor time in Amarillo was basically like I'm going on a walk with Jasper um, it wasn't very I don't think it was what the spirit of being outside was supposed to be I was trying to follow the letter of the challenge I wasn't matching the spirit, which was going outside and, you know, exploring, seeing nature, doing something while I was outside. I was just going outside to be outside because I was supposed to be outside. But once I got to New Orleans and the last three or four days where I got to actually walk outside uh, for the enjoyment of it, that that really was a big mood booster. So I, <laughs> being inconsistent with the outdoor walks, I do think was a, a bummer on my uh, happiness index. You know, looking at our scale, that was one of the things, and obviously the scale was weighted to having that kind of stuff, but generally you kind of hit higher points than I did almost the whole uh, challenge until we hit the uh, me going to New Orleans. And then my mine was kind of finished at a high note between my birthday in New Orleans. So I don't know if that's just correlation, but there we are. So uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, no, um, I was... Yeah. I was thinking so about the you? scale too. I was just, I was just looking at that, and uh, I, I totally didn't even realize that that was the time that you were in New Orleans. So it makes sense that 
that there would be some some peaks there for you at the end. And then mm-hmm. for me, the last like week or two of the challenge, I had strep and felt pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> like the, that, the worst yeah. that I've felt in a little while. <laughs> well, and that's no fun. Like that is hard to do. It's hard to, you know, appreciate your relationships. It's hard to appreciate really anything. Uh, God, there's this quote about being sick and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but basically it's a healthy person wants all these things, you know, they want a new car, they want, um, a better looking significant other. They want more money. They want a new puppy. They want better food, all this stuff. A healthy person wants all these things. A sick person only wants one thing and that's to feel better. And it's true. Uh, like when you're sick, that's basically the only thing at your top of your head is like, please let me stop being sick. This is no fun. So I'm sorry that you had to finish the challenge on a low note for you. Uh, also, travel obviously helps raise the spirit. So I think I cheated a little bit on the outdoor walk there being in a different city. That also is you know, <laughs> nice. Um, one of the only other things that I really want to put in there about the challenge before we move on to challenge two and everything was I really want to reinforce how noticeable the gratitude journal was for me. Uh, I know we talked about this on the last episode, but... I'm telling you, it was one of those things that now that I was actually trying to put a number to my happiness while I was doing the gratitude journal, you know, I'd come in and, you know, it's in the back of my head. Okay, what am I going to rate today? Probably a, a six or a seven or a five, whatever it is. And then when I'm doing the gratitude journal and actually coming up with something that I was thankful for that day, that number would shift and I would see it happen in real time. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe today was a seven or eight or a nine, whenever it was going to be a five, six or a seven. So, I've done gratitude journals on and off for a while and I never really noticed it because it's, you don't have that quantitative aspect with it, but actually paying attention to what it was doing, it huge. I really, really appreciate the gratitude journal. Um, so just something there for anybody listening. If you want one takeaway from the happiness, that would be mine. I did like the outdoor stuff when I got to do it. Uh, cold bath and shower. I'm not sure I'm going to recommend. I think it probably would have been better, but I was pretty inconsistent with it and I really didn't want to do it. It stressed me out thinking about it. Uh, reading and listening a book, uh, that was pretty good, but I do that every day either way. So it's like hard to say if that did anything to me because that one I've got pretty, I've got that down pretty good. (laughs) Okay, Daniel, anything else you want to add to this before we jump to challenge number two? No, I just wanted to echo the the value of the gratitude journal and, and how it was beneficial. And again, one other thing that you talked about in the last episode that I think is completely true was as meaningful as it was to go through and kind of do my own gratitude journal. It was also really interesting and a lot of times uplifting to see what was in yours. It was an interesting dynamic. And and you talking about that, the gratitude journal just now and, and me even just remembering that just made me kind of think, you know, this is something that I'd like to carry on beyond uh, beyond our challenge. So if you look at your phone, just created a gratitude uh, Slack channel in our Slack. So oh, let's, heck let's yes. keep the good times That's rolling. Awesome. I love that idea. And because it was, it was, I obviously liked like seeing my own gratitude journal helped. It was one of those things like, hey, you know what? You didn't have a bad day. Shalomi did these nice things for you. Or, you know, you got this nice little moment. But it was, it was seeing 
you know, somebody that wasn't me actually appreciating life almost gave me more joy than like my own appreciation for my own life. So that's good. I like the idea of the Slack channel. That's going to be cool. Okay. We are ready to rock and roll with challenge number two. I know we had told you guys it was going to be uh, kind of February's challenge, but obviously we're, we're not good with time frames, and that's, that's probably on me with my math skills. <laughs> but we're going into challenge number two, and because Daniel's birthday's coming up, I refuse to choose a challenge. Actually, not really. He was, he was pretty amicable, amicable to it. But Daniel chose programming, which I thought was pretty cool and something I've been wanting to do. So I'm not sure if we meant to do this, but we're both going to try and work on SQL. Uh, Daniel, why did you choose SQL? Yeah, I chose SQL because that is the one that comes up the most in my workday, day day in, day out. So um, there's, there's a particular client that I work with that we do a lot of uh, claims management sort of stuff in SQL is used all the time on that. And then anytime we're, we're running reports or we're, we're kind of looking at databasing sort of, sort of things, um, SQL is the, that's the language that, that, that sort of stuff is built on. So I just feel like there's going to be some immediate, uh, real life application that I can see from that. Well, there you go. So do you guys actually end up with like SQL files on a regular basis? Or is that something you're hoping to, once you maybe get a little bit of a grasp on it, start implementing? Or is well, the data existing already? I, so I don't necessarily see the background on SQL very often. I just know that, that that is something that if I'm working to try to get a report built or asking RIT team or something like that. That's the the language that gets thrown around about uh, running SQL queries and, and things like that. So oh. the hope the hope is that by kind of doing sort of a, a boot camp, then ideally I'll have some opportunities to self-serve where I don't need to ask somebody to, you know, run a report to get this info back to me. I can just write something myself to do that. Excellent. That's good. So it's funny that you had chosen this one because when Daniel texted me about wanting to do SQL and wanting to do a programming language for our next challenge, <laughs> I was actually looking at this big SQL file I had and I couldn't figure out heads or tails what to do with it. And I was like, man, I have got to figure out something here. I need to understand SQL. I need to learn it a little bit, just enough to be dangerous. And lo and behold, Daniel heard my thoughts. <laughs> and here we are. So mine was a, I specifically have a single file that I want to play with. It's an old, not old, our, when we transferred CRMs at Plains Internet, uh, I ended up with a backup copy of the old CRM, but it's a SQL file. So all of the important information that I need every once in a while, like, old invoices or if somebody was goofy in the past uh, it's sitting there locked away behind this little file that i don't know what to do with so i'm excited man um what do you think is going to be difficult about it i think for me it's just going to be finding the time um 
I don't have, and maybe, and maybe that's too ambitious to say that that's going to be the most difficult part about it because (laughs) I have pretty limited background in programming. I've probably done the equivalent of maybe a a semester and a half, maybe, maybe two semesters worth of programming where I leaned heavily on, you know, classmates and things like that. And I haven't, haven't really done that in years. There was a hot second when I was an entry level employee that had too much time on my hands that I would, I think there are a few like free coding websites. And so I was playing around with some of that, but haven't done any of that consistently. So I, I think the time piece will be the most challenging. Maybe it will end up being understanding the language as a whole. Maybe it'll be, you know, finding a good resource. Um, but yeah, we will, we will see. So for one, time is always difficult. I mean, that is just a given that making time for anything is going to be hard. That said, I think it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, <laughs> I suffer from that a lot, a lot of the time. And so I know I'm going into this thing like, oh, I just need to make the time for it and this will be fine. And I'm in the same boat where I'm worried like, oh, this is going to be tough. Uh, also, I did not realize you had a leg up on me with a couple semesters here. I am, I'm worried that I'm going to have to come to you with that uh, that SQL file and at the end of this and have you take a crack at it. <laughs> but yeah, I tried maybe, to learn Python once. Maybe we'll make but, that part uh, of the the challenge. Mm, Whoever access cracks the customer it. database. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like and it. one thing we haven't said yet is that for this challenge, we are going to actually have a special guest that's going to be joining us. And that's part of the reason that I chose programming as our challenge for the month. So longtime listener, uh, Brett Kinney, is going to be hopping in with us and doing the challenge this month. I don't know if he's doing SQL as well. He, he probably doesn't know what he's doing yet either. Um, so if you have suggestions, let him know. But he'll be hopping in, doing the full challenge log with us. Um, and he'll he'll join us on our halfway point episode to, first of all, introduce himself. We won't let him get out of the, the, the full guest interview treatment, but we'll definitely spend time talking about our experiences so far. He'll join us at the the very end to, um, you know, talk about our overall learnings. And, and maybe at the end of the episode, Brett will actually be the one that wins and unlocks the database for you. <laughs> that would be great. And man, I'm so excited that Brett's finally coming on. He is such a great guy. This is going to be fun. And I, I, I fully expect him to blow both of us out of the water on this because yeah, it's Brett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a smart dude. Yeah. It's okay. I'm okay with last place. It'll be fine. It's, good for this massive ego of mine it needs to be knocked down a few times a day at least <laughs> so resources and research what are you going to do to learn sql how what is your process going to look like and a uh, spoiler alert, i cheated i'm going to take a class are you going to pay for a class uh absolutely uh <laughs> there's uh you know what i want to hear what you have first before you steal my idea <laughs> I, I would love to steal your idea. I, I don't have a ton of concrete uh, plans yet. I, 
my my thought process was I do know that our company has um, some SQL training within our, it's called the Allied Academy. So I figured I would spend some time checking out what's in there, how extensive it is. Um, I also figured that I would try to see what kind of free re- resources are out there to start out as well. Um, and, and sort of part of my intent, and I have this built into my own tracker log is just to keep track of the resources that I am using. And so I'll try to stick with one for at least a week, but if it's not beneficial, not helpful, then I, I may move to something else. And that may be, again, part of the, the, um, the knowledge that I can bring to our listeners of saying like, Hey, if you're going to try to do a free program, like don't even bother with this website don't even bother with this group like this is the most beneficial ones that's my rough plan for the moment <laughs> i like it no there are there's some incredible free resources out there and it's because we have shifted our economy not the entire economy obviously but we have shifted a piece of the economy to where if you provide great education for free you get rewarded with that ad spend money so there's this guy on YouTube that I stumbled across and I can't remember how I got to him because I'm not a big YouTube kind of person. I honestly think you watch more YouTube than I do, but I'll just get into weird stuff sometimes. And one of them was this guy had a 16 hour video. Oh, that's what it was. It was about monetizing YouTube. And the guy was talking about how his most popular video is this 16 hour how to code I think it was Python, but that might just be because I like Python in terms of coding languages in my head. But he had the 16 hour how to code video. And he was like, look, I had this course that I sold for like $2,000 and it was the 16 or 18 hour course. And he was like, basically, I just took it and smashed it all together into one video, dropped it on YouTube. And now instead of trying to sell a $1,000 course, I have, I think he had like 2 million views or 3 million views on this 16 hour video and he's like it's it's worth you know a whole bunch of sales i can't remember his exact breakdown of the money it was less than you would expect but a lot more than like and and he was selling the courses for i think it was like forty thousand dollars he made on or fifty thousand dollars he made on it so you have resources out there that are like that where two million people watch this thing all the way through it was apparently valuable enough to them for them to watch 16 hours of this. Maybe they left it on. I don't know how it works, but you got a lot of really good stuff out there. There's a lot of resources. There's a lot of games to play. Um, I'm going to be trying to use some of that, but I wanted to cheat a little bit and I just love you, Demi. Uh, it's, I think it's because it's a little bit more, I guess the entry level is a little higher. You've got to spend some money. And so that, that spending a couple dollars, not just by me, but by a general populace raises the bar for the quality and the review process. And so there's a, a sequel zero to hero uh, boot camp that was, I think, like $14. And so I went ahead and got it. And so I, that'll be probably my main thing that I'm working on is that. And then I'll probably piecemeal some YouTube videos if I get stuck on a problem that I'm trying to learn or if there's something that I'm having trouble with, I think there's some really good YouTube out there. And then maybe if I've got time, which is <laughs> always questionable, uh, hopefully I can find some games that kind of gamify uh, the SQL learning process a little bit because that's just 
I think that's the biggest aspect that us as 30 year olds or, you know, 31 now, uh, missed growing up was education was not nearly as entertaining as it is now. There's a lot of people making a lot of effort towards taking your something learning and making it fun for you. Uh, so I don't know. I want to get a piece of that. Hey, speak for yourself. I, I played math blasters all day long growing up. Huh. That explains a lot for both you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything like that. Um, the closest we got was when we were doing a, we were learning to touch type. There was this game that like, I think the person moved or like jumped through hoops. It was, it was some really goofy side scrolling thing where the less mistakes you made, the less damage your little person took before they died or something. I feel like there was a tiger. Oh. Maybe it's a tiger. Oh yeah. So. Touch typing. So, so shout out to Mavis <laughs> Beacon. I don't, remember the exact name of the game but there were several different touch type games you could play one where you're going through a ship in the ocean and if you're not typing fast enough then the sharks will uh it's kind of dark for a kid but the sharks will um they'll get you and your screen goes blood red and you die (laughs) um there's one where you're speeding down the road and again probably not a good life lesson because the faster you type the faster your car is going definitely over the speed limit if you make mistakes you get bugs under windshield you get too many the car might crash i'm now having a realization this is not a game that you should the only negative thing out there (laughs) (laughs) hey kid do good or we'll kill you (laughs) but but that uh that program legitimately made me one a good typer but it helped me at circuit city when they expected you to use the little numeric uh keypad and be able to do that really quickly and i could because of maybe speaking and the the shopping, the shopping cart uh, mini game, where again, if you <laughs> mess things up, then nobody dies, but the food does fall on the floor. And oh you know, no, not the food! I'd rather food. have death. <laughs> so we talked to Colton about this just the other day, but the big one for me—I know this has nothing to do with coding—but I'm sure there are kids nowadays who are going to have the same experience twenty years down the road. Be like, hey, remember that coding game we played as a kid? Wasn't that wild? How much of a good coder it made you? Now we can make millions of dollars. I don't know. That's what I pretend Gen Z sounds like sometimes or something or whatever the next generation after them is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Two Towers. Two Towers, uh, the mud, is what took me from pretty decent typing and reading skills to to the point where I was accused of cheating at the AR reading contest because I was reading books too fast. <laughs> uh, they actually took away my, my first place prize because... Uh, there was no way I, as a child, should have been able to read that many books, uh, which I thought was a little unfair because um, it was a test thing and I passed all the tests. But yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've fallen off both on typing skills and reading skills in terms of speed, but like I'm still a demon comparatively. Uh, so that was two towers for me, which was just so much fun to play with you. Yeah, we'll have to make that a challenge down the road. <laughs> power level a uh, a ranger from zero to five in a month that's five uh, out, of, out of 20 levels if you didn't remember <laughs> that game is ridiculous. i don't think ever yeah it's hardcore i wonder how colton's doing on it huh well, all right i'm excited to see what brett has to bring to us on this uh journey as well 
I almost hope he doesn't listen to this episode first and we just catch up with him on the uh, the mid-episode that we'll have in about 15 uh, or so days and let you guys know how this is going. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Daniel? No, I'm I'm looking forward to this challenge. And, uh, yeah, the I think the only other thing we've talked about, the resources we want to use, we joked about real-world application on, on kind of cracking your uh, CRM file, but I do think mm-hmm. that that's an important thing that ideally we see from this and that we have a chance to talk about is um, obviously whatever we learned day one, there's probably not going to be a ton of real world application, <laughs> but hopefully as we get into a week or two, at least by the midpoint, the goal would really be to to call out some way that this actually helped us in our day-to-day lives. Yeah, I, I hope it goes well. Uh, just to, Just in case anybody's curious on just how naive I'm coming in on this. I have another tab open that is what is SQL and then a second tab that is the SQL Wikipedia explanation of what SQL is. So uh, coming in real fresh. (laughs) All right, guys. We're going to have another uh, challenge document if you want to follow along with this. Uh, It's probably going to be a lot less personal than challenge number one. Uh, Challenge number one really got into Daniel and I's daily lives. So if you're ever curious what what matters in a day-to-day life, that one is the document for you to go look at. This one is going to be a lot more technical probably. Uh, Probably a lot less exciting for people who don't care about coding. And for people who do care about coding, it will also be less exciting for you because it will probably disappoint you as you watch us figure out what the command prompt does. <laughs> so uh, to everybody listening, we still hope you check it out. Uh, we'll have a graph so you can easily keep up and not have to worry about some of the other stuff. But if you happen to be hopping in on this challenge with us, which we are always hopeful on these that people are doing with us, uh, definitely jump in, come follow along with us, see if you can beat us at our own game or at least keep up with us and learn something new this you know next 30 days so for everybody listening we really appreciate you coming on and hearing what we have to say and enjoying this hopefully as much as we did until next time we will talk to you guys soon and we look forward to connecting